With over a million shows to choose from on Apple Podcasts alone, the podcasting industry is certainly booming. And supporting that growth is an entire ecosystem of roles responsible for running and producing the shows you love listening to. Today, we're exploring the world of podcast production. My name's Lou Blazer. You're listening to Second Breaks. This is episode 142. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Second Breaks, a show where we talk about the many different ways that we can thrive in our careers, no matter if it's our second, third, or fourth one. Now, I can't believe it, but we are in the home stretch of season four, and it feels like we just got started. So this week and next, for our final look-see behind the scenes of new careers, we're turning our lens on the podcasting industry. If there's one industry that, for me, highlights the many different things that we can do today versus, say, 15 years ago, podcasting is it. Do you even remember when you first heard the word? Technically, podcasting has been around for a while, and the term itself has its origins in the iPod. Remember those? But many say that podcasts didn't really become a thing until the iPhones came into being, which was back in 2007. That's because iPhones made the distribution of podcasts a lot easier, as in easier for the podcast shows to reach their intended listeners, which then made it more convenient for people to listen. And and there are others who say that it was only in 2018, so just two years ago, when the popular podcast Serial came out, that podcasting became truly mainstream. Now, that show shattered podcast streaming and downloading records and made Adnan Sayed close to a household name. No matter when or how or what, the fact is there's no turning back anymore. With over a million shows available on Apple Podcasts alone, and heavy investments made by companies like Spotify and iHeartRadio, etc., podcasting is an industry in and of itself. And this industry is supported by a cornucopia of roles and jobs for folks who want to be in on the action. There are different ways to work in the industry. And today I'm joined by Sean McMullen, who is the co-founder of Yellow House Media, a podcast production company that produces many shows, including What Works, Break the Ceiling, Happier Approach, among others. Now, although Sean has his hand in the pot of many podcasts, he himself is not a podcast host, unlike many others like me, who perform all the roles required to get an episode out there. So I wanted to explore the world of podcast production from his perspective. We talk about what the role is really about for him, what it takes to get a podcast off the ground and in flight, and where he is focusing his growth in the next coming years. He also gives his advice for anyone who wants to jump in and get on with podcast production. So that's what's coming up. But first... Inside briefing notes, the 40th edition is a relevance issue. And this week, we're talking about legacy, as in what we get to leave behind. Now, I have been thinking about legacy for the last few weeks, really since Chadwick Boseman's untimely death. Actually, ever since I read the official announcement from his family, there was this one paragraph that 
really stuck in my mind. And I'm reading from it now. A true fighter, Chadwick persevered through it all and bought you many of the films you have come to love so much. From Marshall to The Five Bloods, August Wilson's Marini's Black Bottom, and several more. All were filmed during and between countless surgeries and chemotherapy. It was the honor of his career to bring King Chala to life in Black Panther. And of course, last week, we heard that Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a giant of a human being, passed away at 87. Yet another person who leaves behind a tremendous legacy, whose body of work will continue to make an impact for years and decades to come. Sometimes, though, in considering our legacy, we run the risk of thinking it's only for profound achievements, like the Ginsburg level, or MLK, or JFK, or Jobs, or Gates, or Winfrey. We think, who am I to have a legacy? What could I possibly leave behind? My most favorite quote about legacy comes from Dr. Maya Angelou. It was from a conversation, actually, that she had with Oprah Winfrey a long time ago, and Oprah shared it during her memorial tribute of Dr. Angelou. She said, I remember when I opened my school in South Africa, and I said to Maya Angelou, gee, this will be my legacy. And Maya, in her Maya way, said, you have no idea what your legacy will be. Your legacy is what you do every day. Your legacy is every life you've touched, every person whose life was either moved or not. It's every person you've harmed or helped. That's your legacy. I like this quote because it makes me think of legacy not in a context of someday, not in a context of something huge, but about the conscious choices I make today, the present-day dots that I try to create, and then trusting that someday those dots will weave together a worthy story. So three things that I wanted to highlight from this week's issue. Thing number one, what will your professional legacy be? Now, most of us want to feel like we've made a difference through our work. This is a discussion piece on what our professional legacy can be to our business practice, our team members, our valued clients, and the community that we serve. Success Magazine writes about the steps that we can take to build our legacy. Legacies don't happen overnight. So this is like a, like a step-by-step guide that we can follow starting today. And thing number three, Business Insider profiles 100 people transforming business across a variety of industries in North America. Because sometimes we can use real-life role models. To dig in further on these stories and the rest of this week's issue, head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash archive. You're going to find the latest edition of Briefing Notes always at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe. It's free to get Briefing Notes in your inbox every Sunday. Today, Sean McMullen is one half of the team that runs Yellow House Media, a podcast production company that produces many shows, amongst which is What Works, a weekly podcast about and for small business owners hosted by Tara McMullen, who is the other half of the team that runs Yellow House Media. I wanted to mention her name off the top here because you're going to hear her mentioned a few times in my conversation with Sean. 
like so many people, Sean landed on his new career as a podcast producer somewhat unintentionally. It wasn't like he was sitting there thinking to himself, I want to be a podcast producer, or even that he wanted to be in the podcasting business. As he tells it, he was kind of pushed into it. I was a little bit bullied into doing this. Uh, Taro had the What Works podcast and she needed someone to take over production for her and I wasn't doing anything. So for a long time, all I did was just the one podcast. And Tara, being the business genius that she is, saw some potential for expanding into other, you know, taking on other podcasts. I don't know exactly what I expected. I'll tell you that while I didn't have a lot of uh, experience, I didn't have any experience in podcast production. I have played in bands. I have done some recording. And so I do have some uh, recording backgrounds, but, you know, pretty rough stuff, nothing very fancy. So on some level, I kind of knew what to expect as far as just like I was familiar with editing things, but I don't know what I really expected. (laughs) And I think that I kind of intentionally didn't establish any expectations for myself either. Like I kind of learned as I went and I mean, I believe really strongly that with the internet and Google, we can learn anything. (laughs) Yes, pretty much. So, and I was a podcast listener and so I already knew what I liked and what I didn't like. And so I already really knew what I didn't want to produce. In the world of podcasting, there's a lot of technical behind the scenes that happen. Uh huh. And so were those things that you already knew from before, from previous things that you were doing, or you've had to train yourself with those technical stuff? Oh, I've, I've learned everything. Uh, the advantage of, I think when I came on with what works, it was around a hundred and episode 150 and, um, we're coming up on 300 now. And so Tara had already had a lot of experience. So I had already, I was really just sort of learning a lot from her as we were going along and anything that I didn't, that she didn't know, she knew where to direct me. And that's that thing is that there's so many people out there, you know, Pat Flynn and people who are really putting really good information out there on how to do the technical side. And I think the biggest part is, is that I'm not intimidated by it. So I, I didn't have any problem just making mistakes and uh, I made, I've made mistakes though. One of the things that you did, I remember over a year ago already, I think it was, I remember you had gone into the this project where you were asking for people to recommend podcasts for you to listen to. I, I don't know that I, I had heard of Yellow House Media yet at that point, but I had the sense that you were trying to expand or you were really looking to expand your listening, um, like the, the inventory of podcasts that you listen to. Was that part of the preparation of some sort? Absolutely. Uh, it was sort of almost in effect doing an audit of what people were actually listening to. I mean, you can go to, you know, Spotify or Apple podcasts or something, and you can see what the hot podcasts are, but what are people really listening to? You know, and I got a lot of really good recommendations, but I tell you what, what I came out of that was something that I didn't anticipate, but now I really, really recommend to people 
as they're getting into podcasts. And I know that we'll get into, you know, what would I recommend to people who want to get into podcast production? But this is the thing is if you want to be part of a podcast community, that's how you do it. You get out and you say, hey, what are you listening to? You make comments, you tag people, and you say to yourself, like, what can I bring to this conversation as opposed to what can I get out of that conversation? And I think that I, in, during that experiment, I kind of accidentally landed on this thing where I developed a bunch of relationships. Oh, that's interesting. So it's like, on the one hand, there was this angle of that experiment where you're learning different styles of podcasting or different styles of shows, and you were learning more about what you like and what people like. Uh, so there's the creative, artistic sort of part of that experiment, but there's also the relationship networking part of that experiment. Yeah, and not in like an, I hope, it didn't hope, I hope, not in like a, uh, icky, I'm networking kind of way, but in like a very honest, hey, what are you up to? I want to know more about what you do. And I think when we enter into that conversation with that in mind, I think that we can really benefit from it. Yeah, no, I liked it because it was, it came across very natural. So for example, I was one of the people who made a couple of suggestions to you. And I remember you saying, oh, this one, this podcast, Lou suggested, and then you tagged me, and then you tagged the host, and that you said something about what you you I, you really thought about that podcast. You really found it interesting, and then the host responded to you and to me, like saying to me for recommending a show, and then saying to you, and so it was it was very it came across very naturally. It was very good. It I felt good also for in, for recommending the show. So forgive me, I can't remember which podcast it was. Do you remember which one it was? Well, I, I, I suggested two. One was a fiction. It, it, you said you thought it was fiction. It's not actually not fiction. It's a, it's a real private eye story of a PI in Brooklyn, but they made it sound like it's a fictional story. I can't remember the name of the title anymore of the, the name of the podcast. But then there's the other one, which is about podcasting. It's pod, what the heck is the name of the show? Podcast. It's about podcasting. Okay. <laughs> I listen to it all the time. And I can't remember the name because it's about podcasting. And so that was the one that you had you had mentioned it. And the I think I know. I think I know the one. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I had a bit of a senior moment there. The two podcasts that I recommended to Sean were number one, Podcraft, hosted by Colin Gray. The show is all about honing the craft of podcasting. And the other one was Conviction, which is a Gimlet Media production. And season one of Conviction was all about the real-life private eye Manuel Gomez and some of his uh, biggest cases. I think I know. I think I know the one. Yeah. 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 So that was that was great. I I really liked that. And and at the same time, you were learning about. To your point, you were learning about what people actually listen to and then you you discover what you like i imagine well i have a real soft spot for niche content i i kind of like the oddball podcasts and so when i um that's one of the reasons why i ask people because obviously a lot of people recommended you know seth rogan or something yeah, yeah. but um but there's there's things that they they're like their pet podcasts the ones that, that i wouldn't have discovered otherwise Sean has moved on from producing just the one podcast and now has his hands on a number of them, actually. So I asked him how his perspective of the work has changed, or rather, since he didn't have any expectations to start with, what he now thinks the work of podcast production is really all about. Um, 
Sometimes I pretend like I'm on a spaceship and I'm sitting at a console and there's all these feelers out and readings are coming back from different bridges on the, it's just, it's just what I do is project management and it is honestly a little, most of what I do is way less about actual podcasting than it is just about managing projects. And making sure, you know, one of the things that we offer is, is guest management. Um, you know, and different clients require different levels of guest management. And so if you imagine, you know, one, I'm managing my own time. I have a small team and I'm imagining their time. And then I have 10 working on 12 podcast clients and I'm imagining their time. And then additionally, every one of those clients has guests. And so we're doing the outreach, we're doing the logistical elements, we're doing the scheduling, and then and the idea being that the um, the client just does the interview if they want to have or if they want more creative involvement. But I would say that that's that's I think something that I didn't entirely anticipate was the project management element, and that's what I do most of my, most of the time, but it's, it's fun that the end results is something that people listen to and enjoy. Well, it's, it's, you're making the show happen. It's like, you're the person behind the scenes that make it happen. Because if you didn't do all those stuff, there wouldn't be an episode that would be released. Yeah. I did an interview with one of our clients. Um, Susan Bowles has a podcast called, uh, break the ceiling. And we did a, a she talked to me about project management in relationship with podcasting. And I kind of landed in this might, like I said, even then, I think this might be somewhat of a controversial topic for actual project managers, but I feel like every business has a project manager and that oftentimes turns out to just be the business owner. Mm -hmm. Yes. Or you hire someone to do it ultimately someone has to do it. Someone has to make sure that all these details are moving smoothly with each other in conjunction with each other and happening at the right time or things break down. And it's just, it's just interesting to do it for a bunch of different people with podcasts. How involved are you or have you been with the initial sort of ideation of the podcast? Like, like somebody would come and say, Sean, I have this idea. But I don't know in what form or how it's going to sound like or how it's going to look like. How involved are you at the very initial front end piece? I would vary. And I would say that that's actually, while I spend a lot of time doing project management, that isn't actually the main value that we provide our clients. Um, that takes a lot of, the off, off their, a lot of weight off of them. But Tara and I tag team that element. Because there are going to be areas like we have like a hardcore business podcast. Developing that content is going to be way more Tara's wheelhouse than my own. So we sort of defer to each other. It's almost not really stated who is going to do it. But one of us sort of takes over the lead in those elements. Mm -hmm. But yeah, at the beginning, we talked to like we're launching a podcast right now. And it's going to be a blast. I mean... We have the, the music that we're using and this particular, it's called uh, Camp Wild Hearts. And we have like the sound effects of a campfire out in the nighttime. And there's like all this really fun stuff. 
but also developing um, so like the actual format and the way that the podcast sounds. But then beyond that, like the actual content, because we really try to press that the developments and the ideas of the content before you ever start looking towards guests. So you kind of develop a premise of what you want your podcast to be about. And then you de- and then from that premise, you break it down into different subjects under that premise. And then you go looking for the right person to fulfill those topics that you want to cover in your podcast. And so from that editorial calendar perspective, we are very involved. Um, that do- it doesn't always work that way. And, you know, sometimes different clients have different needs and sometimes you know the 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 guest on the podcast precedes the topic and the pod the the topic of that episode sort of manifests itself in in that process but yeah I'm very involved gotcha so um what parts of it do you love and what parts of it would you rather delegate <laughs> if you could i can't say that i love all of it but I do actually really enjoy project management. The only time that it gets frustrating for me is when things are, I, I don't really like urgency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm always trying to get things that we function on a non-urgent basis. So, you know, audio comes in weeks ahead of time and I've got, you know, things are rolling out way ahead of time, but not always doable. That just human beings are human beings and that's not always possible. But I would say that the thought partnership is my favorite part. And when I get a chance to get on the phone with Nancy Jane Smith, shout out to Nancy Jane Smith. Her podcast is called The Happier Approach. She's awesome. I hope that she listens to this and hears me say that. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, that's what I look forward to is having that opportunity to really swap ideas. And be a sounding board for a client to be like, oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I have these ideas. You know, what do you see? And sometimes that's all someone needs is just someone to just sort of kind of make sense out of what they already know or give even give permission to just do what they already want to do. Yeah, that's that that part I really enjoy. And so I'm looking forward to being even more involved with that element. I'm just curious uh, because... Um, I am, as you know, I obviously I have obviously. here we are. <laughs> um, and this is um, your first, this is episode one, right? Yeah, exactly, right, right. <laughs> I haven't actually even created a trailer, so <laughs> so so, um, so obviously, and I'm one of those who does both sides, right? So I I am the host, but I also produce the show, um, and honestly. It, uh, the, the part that you're talking about is actually the part that I love to do more than, more than the actual hosting, which the listeners of the show are probably going to like, what are you talking about? But the, <laughs> the behind the scenes, the thinking about how to make the show happen, especially now that I've turned it into a seasonal podcast. Oh, this, yeah. It, this, this ideating or, or coming up with the idea behind what the season's going to be about or making it happen. I, I get very excited. And so I'm, I'm curious about whether you consider your role more creative or more technical. Cause there's a lot of technical stuff in the back end. So as it stands now, my, I would say I spend more time doing technical things, but I would consider my main role way more creative. And we are in the process. I mean, we've reached a point where we are saying no to people because I just can't do it. 
And so um, we have actually put out uh, help, um, uh, a job description, and we're getting people who are expressing interest. And so I, we are actively looking to bring somebody on to take on that management element. And so I can take a step back from a lot of the technical elements. I've already done that quite a bit. Like I do almost no editing. Uh, we have an editor who does that for us, but I do quite a bit of editing in the beginning, like the trailer, I'll edit that maybe like the first episode or two, just so I can be involved in that creative process. And then sort of once we have the creative vision of the, how the podcast is going to be formatted and how it's going to sound, then I can move that information on to our editor and he knows what to do. But what ex- what's ex- exciting for us is for me, for Tara, <laughs> Tara, Tara is very excited about this too, because I'll be a little less grumpy about things, but um, <laughs> I'm very excited that as we grow, that, that requirement of hiring people on is actually going to allow me personally to grow into a different relationship with the business. And I'm excited that with our clients, I will actually have more time to be present with their creative needs than I currently am because I am so bogged down, you know, in, in making sure that such and such a client gets the reminder and the links to Squadcast and all these things that I don't have the time necessarily as much time as I would like. Well, I remember, I remember, um, I hope you don't mind that I shared, I share this here, but I remember about a couple months ago, I had a chat with you and we were just talking about some creative options for what I wanted to do in some segment of the show. And that was so helpful for me, just that creative, you know, just discussion. And, and we were just spitballing and what about this and what about that? And I thought it was very helpful. And I immediately implemented lots of stuff that we talked about. So I thought from the client's perspective, that was very valuable. I didn't know if how you felt about doing things like that. Well, um, so one of the parts of our contract with our clients is that they get a monthly hour session with us. And we do a lot of back and forth with emails. And I mean, that's constant. But then we do monthly, we sit down and have a strategy session. And Tara's in on that usually. Um, she's not always necessary, but de- just depending. Um, because one of the things that we're trying to do is make that connection between your broader business goals and your podcast goals. And the strategy sessions outside of like just a creative element that can making that creative connection, bridging those two things. That's, that's really our top goal. How do you see yourself growing in the next few years in this role? So I'm a little bit on the fence of what growth actually looks like for our business. Um, I am not someone who prescribes to growth for growth's sake. Um, I think that it's important for us all to be aware of when we have reached enough. And I think that it is okay to say, Hey, I'm good. (laughs) Yes. But it's hard sometimes to know when that is. And so I'm working really hard, you know, and Tara and I are working really hard together and to look at our long-term personal goals. You know, what do we want from our relationship? What do we want in retirement? What do we want in travel? You know, what do we want? 
And I, and I'm going to bring this back around to the, um, second careers thing. Cause man, I've got some more careers in the future, but, <laughs> um, so when it comes to growth, I'm looking at the, the, at yellow house and I'm saying, well, what kind of growth do I actually want? You know, cause I could stop now. Right. And be like, okay, I've got 10 clients. I'm good. But I could also, so we have a growth model that we're working on. And it's sort of everything that we have always done from the very, very beginning of the podcast, from, from the beginning of the, uh, the business. We have always had scaling as part of our business model. Every step of the way, we thought, what can we do to make this easier to scale? And so what we've landed on is like a model. There's a word for this hierarchical structure. I can't remember right now. But we have a model where we call them we call them pods, podcast pods, um, where every pod is a little team of someone who does promotional material and graphics and 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 then an editor, and that person that team is overseen by a pod ta uh, a project manager. That project manager might oversee two or three or four pods. And, you know, there might be some overlapping, but basically it's like little teams. And so what I want is our clients to only ever have to see one person. You know, that's their point of contact. That is that person who does that creative element with them. And so eventually it's going to reach that point that when we when we bring on a, um, a new podcast, it's they, they interact with Tara and I, but then there is actually, they have a producer. And um, that's kind of our, because... It, we are our own limitation for our growth because mm -hmm. we only have a, such a, we only have a limited amount of time and energy and, you know, we don't want to work that much, you know? And so with that model, there is theoretically infinite growth. And, but that goes back to this question as I don't prescribe to growth for growth sake. And so I have to make that decision. So it's like, well, when, when have we reached enough? And so, in terms of your creative growth, do you ever do you ever see yourself being the person in front of the mic? No, I <laughs> I have a couple of podcast ideas, and you know, one of them's really good, and I would love it, and I still think about doing it. But I I have so many interests, and there are so many things that are so important to me that when I when I decide to do that something else has to give. And it is challenging for me to make that decision because I, I'm not a fan of sacrifice. <laughs> I don't know that I want, it, I have yet to decide that doing my own podcast is important enough for me to give up other things that are also important for me. The podcast industry is only expected to grow. And if you're interested in working in the industry, well, there are many entry points to jump in. There's obviously the front-end side to it, the person hosting the show, and then there's the producing side. And in fact, many indie podcasters, when they first get into the industry, do both sides of the equation, meaning both hosting and production. I wanted to get Sean's advice coming from the perspective of someone who's been primarily focused on the production side of things. Where would you start today if podcast production is where you'd like to focus on? I would go back to what I was saying earlier about the, the, being involved in the community. It's, you know, we've gone to a few podcast conferences like She Podcast. I mean, it's such an amazing community of people 
start feeling out what it's really about. Because on the outside, you can have this perspective of what podcasting is about. And you're really not going to have a really good feeling for it until you're involved with it and to find out what it actually is. And so I would say, listen to a massive amount of podcasts, diversify, you know, find out what you like, what you don't like. And then I would, I would get into, you know, I was really, I was really fortunate in the way that I got into this because I was, you know, I, I'm married to someone who has a podcast and so I had already knew kind of what was going on behind the scenes. I already knew what she had to go through on a regular basis before I even took on production. So I had already had some familiarity of what all these moving parts were. But anything you can do to develop that knowledge of what all the moving parts are, I think would benefit. You know, we all have at our disposal consumer level, you know, editing software. We have GarageBand. We have a microphone on our on our earbuds that sounds like crap. Um, I'd say get in, make mistakes, just do it and feel it out. I think one of the biggest mistakes I see a lot of people making right now is, all right, I'm going to save my feelings on some subjects here. My favorite thing about podcasting is that podcasting is grassroots. Podcasting has always been grassroots. It's, down and dirty and it's oftentimes sounds terrible and there's like the most ridiculous podcasts out there and it's beautiful. I love it. But a lot of people are coming to podcasting now because, because they realize, you know, like Sirius XM number one in podcasting, you know, it's like, and there's all this paid content and, you know, iHeartRadio number one in podcasting. Oh, whatever. But, um, there's this idea that you need to pay people to do what you want to do. And I'd say if you want to get in a podcast, if you want to do it on the back end, that may be a different story. I'd say that there are some great resources. There's like some really good Facebook groups for podcast editors. Um, and on the production side, I think that it's this unlimited directions you can go with it. But it doesn't have to be this high end. We, Tara and I talk about, there's like NPR, right? And NPR, NPR's podcasts, they have lots of money and they have a big team of people doing what they're doing and they, but it's hard, you know, and when you're getting started to have the expectation that your podcast, I mean, have high expectations, make your podcast sound the best you possibly can, but also there's nothing wrong with shoestringing it. And you know, doing your own thing and getting in. And I, that's where, that's where I think podcasting is the most exciting because I have like a punk rock background, right? And DIY punk rock zines podcasting is that right now. And just make it yours. It's funny because I, obviously the, the, the most visible part of the podcast is the host and you know the person you hear in your ears yeah there's the the person that actually makes the show happen in the background whether that's the person this is the same person as the host or not like in your case has a lot of influence in the direction of a show and their mark on a show is very tangible right yeah. it's, it's you can make a lot of impact through how you direct a show how you make it happen, your choices that you, you know, you make for the show. There are a lot of examples in, in like the literary worlds, mm -hmm. the where an editor is almost like a second author. 
Yeah. And there's yeah. a lot of examples in the music world of where a producer is almost like a band member, even though they never picked up an instrument. And is it sounds like that's kind of what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because even if, even just the, uh, and uh, like a, a chat with two people, um, like the, the person who's ultimately editing that piece can change the way that the interview goes by edit through edit. Like if you move the conversation around, if you cut certain things with, or you just let it go as is, it has a very different feel. And so the, it, they have a lot of impact in the final show, not just the For sure. So yeah, that's actually why I love the back end piece. And, um, yeah, more than, more than the, this part of it, the, the speaking part of it. Yeah. And so it sounds like you're saying that there's, there's that front end, the host, and that's the most romantic and yeah. shiny front end of it all. Yes. But then there are all these other elements, editors, producers, promotional material. And depending upon your personality, that can be a very exciting place to be. Exactly. Exactly. Sean and I had this conversation during this most extraordinary, out of the normal, summer of 2020. As we wrapped up our chat, I asked Sean what he was most looking forward to. And towards the end, he shared something else that was like uh, the behind the scenes of the behind the scenes. I'll start with podcasts first. Um, so far, Yellow House. I'm, I, we, have some, we have some podcasts that are really new. And we have some podcasts that aren't out yet that I'm, you know, I have a love for every podcast that we put out, mm -hmm. but sometimes there are podcasts that have a, like something that personally engages with me, something that personally, like I have investment in this. And when that happens, that can be very exciting. And I'm, and I'm not going to say what it is just yet, but we have some stuff coming that I, I'm really excited about and that it has been really fun to work with and personally. So it's funny this during this quarantine, during this pandemic, a lot of people are really struggling and I really feel for them. And I, I kind of giggle a little bit because it's, I'm currently living my best life. Mm. Like I, I'm a homebody. I'm an extrovert homebody. What? <laughs> but, um, in the last few months I've discovered my creativity and I've discovered that I'm an artist that I was never allowing myself to be. And so exploring that side of me, that's where I'm most excited. And another thing I'm excited about is today I started a business equity incubator workshop. I can't remember how many weeks it is. I think it's seven weeks. How can we make our businesses more equitable? And how, and what does that look like? from a from a justice perspective and how what does that look like from a capitalist perspective from an economic perspective as a company as a business as we are growing i want to make sure that equity is taken into consideration and as i'm producing other podcasts i want to make sure that those podcasts reflect that desire for equity so those are the things i'm excited about well, Sean, this has been fantastic. Can I tell one more story? Yes. Uh, I want to tell why, I want to tell listeners why Yellow House Media is called Yellow House Media, because I don't think you even know this story. Did I, I don't remember if I told you or not. So my younger brother 
is he's 29 has uh, down syndrome and autism and you know he's high functioning in some areas he's low functioning in other areas and he uh is not very verbal but he uh identifies houses that he li- has lived in and by color so for a long time he lived in a house that was colored green and that was the greenhouse the house that they currently live in in montana with my mom is yellow house and so when he gets really anxious and he's like we've got to get out of here and he's just like yellow house yellow house and so and go back to the yellow house to safety to the place to Uh home and so everyone in the family refers to the house as the yellow house and so yellow house media is actually a shout out to my brother tyler you can find out more about sean mcmullen and yellow house media at yellowhouse.media. That's the home website of Sean's and Tara's podcast production business. You can also follow Sean on Instagram at Sean D. McMullen. Now, I'll put a link to all those on the show notes. Actually, we've mentioned a number of things on this podcast, so you'd want to check out the show notes for the links and the highlights of this conversation. You want to head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash podcast. Now, next week, we take the conversation around podcasting one step deeper by exploring the podcast host role. And I'll be joined by Jared Morris for this most interesting deep dive. The best way to not miss that episode and all future episodes is to subscribe to the podcast right now. You can do that right now using the app that you're using, however it is that you're listening to this podcast right now. And if you happen to be listening to this on the website, Uh, If you look around the audio player, you're going to find some options for podcast apps as well. Now, one last ask, if you enjoyed this episode or like listening to the podcast, or maybe you know someone who wants to get into podcasting, please share it with your friends. Tell them about this episode or about season four. This helps tremendously, and I would so appreciate your help in spreading the word. Okie dokie, I'll be back next week with Jared Morris. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans.